here oh, we go yeah. again. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Knee on Belly Podcast. The best MMA podcast in the world, some would say. We are your hosts, Nate, Dr. John, and Brandon. What are you a doctor of? Yeah, what are you? It's about who you know. Okay. (laughs) You know where that's from? Nope. Ah, dang it. That's sad. Boys, today, we are going to recap UFC Vegas 63, which was headlined by Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen. Ouch. Mm. My knee hurts. Then, we will get you set up with our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night, headlined by Marina Harrias versus Amanda Lemos. Lemos. I thought you were going to say lemons, John. Lemoo. Then we will finish up with all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts, including the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva fight. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about it. But first, boys... How are we doing? How are we doing? Off and going into these 100 level episodes, 104. It's like we restarted, man. Yeah. I'm here. That's that's what I can say. You are here. A um, little preoccupied last week. How was the birthday party? The birthday party was kind of rough, but uh, it was it was okay. My kid was sick, as you guys can hear. I'm, and I'm now like, you got it. Yeah, I got, I got something. So that's what you get to look forward to. Yeah. You were yeah, battling please. birthday parties last week. Sickness, sickness this week, but... He's showing up for the Neon Belly podcast. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, he did, I don't think you wanted to hear what happens if you miss two in a row. And I really just wanted... I was so upset not being here. For oh, he was I talking about it's a tough one to no miss. Points. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a tough one to miss, man. <clears throat> Very tough. Um, yeah, I missed the... Uh, which one? It was a recap of one of the cards. The Diaz... Uh, was it the Diaz Hamzat one that yeah. I missed? Yeah, and it's like we got to do it at his office. Oh yeah, the, with all the yeah, changes. and it's like it's like man of all like car like you. It's so tough missing those recap, especially mm-hmm. when it's a big pay per view. It sucks. Um, boys, I say we just get straight into this episode Let's because go. waiting in the wings, we have our very own friend of the show, High Sabrina. He, uh, yeah, he is waiting. We're gonna get him on. Um, he will be Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be a separate episode that will pop up in your feed on Wednesday, Um, November 11th. He will be um, competing at who's number one on flow grappling against Luke Griffith, um, Mm -hmm. the new wave uh, John Donaher, Gordon Ryan guy. So um, really excited to talk to him, his preparation. I believe we're going to find out. We don't know right now, but I think he's still in Texas right now. Uh, he's been training with the B team, Craig Jones and all of them, so we're definitely going to be asking him about that because I need to know what those, oh, yeah. those that room is like. So we're going to talk to him about all of it. Um, but, yeah, so we need to get this episode going so we don't keep him waiting. Mm-hmm. Currently in pro practice, he said, so I'm sure he's going to be tired, but we're going to get him going. Oh, yeah. We're going to get him going. If anything, Brandon will. <laughs> oh, not today. Yeah, Brandon's got the – Brandon, yeah. You got the sultry voice going on. I like it, yeah. But before we get uh, any further, John, rate, subs, follows, let the people know what we need each and every week. And if you want to hear the Heisen Reed episode Wednesday, you definitely need to hit that follow button. Right. You. You got an iPhone? I need you to be doing something, man. I need you to get onto the Apple Podcast. I need you to give us a five star and leave us a review. We'll read it on here. You guys don't realize we read those. It's been a while, but we do that. Um, you can also give us reviews on Podbean if you happen to be on there. Uh, Spotify, you can give us a five star review. Um, socials, Instagram, it's Neon Belly Podcast. TikTok, Neon Belly Podcast. We're putting exclusive stuff in our stories and on our TikTok. So definitely come through there because we're putting some nice stuff up. 
Not your best work, but you got through it. I mean, this <laughs> is like three in a row for me. Well, we didn't. No, I did it last week. Remember? No, I, I did. Out. Oh yeah, no, you I did help you me out. out. I gave you the assist. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have to, but I did it. Well, right. I mean, I kind of carried last episode with what I did. That was so. great. That was great. A little underrated, but I liked it. Right. Boys, last night UFC Vegas sixty three. Um, I feel a little weird hitting the air horn because of the injury, but Arnold Allen defeating Calvin Cater via second round TKO. Boys. Arnold Allen looked phenomenal through the first round. Right. Has to be said. Was looking sharper, quicker. I thought everything. I was like, oh boy, this might get a little little rough for Cater. But Cater's a guy that comes on slow. Mm-hmm. You know, comes in later in the round. So it's, it is hard to tell. Um, but definitely, like I said, seemed to have a speed advantage there. Um, but late in the first round, Cater went for a flying knee and landed very awkwardly on his right knee. And when you see the replay, you could see that knee pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely, like, there was a snap, crackle, pop in there. Then in the second, Allen just came straight out, lands a leg kick um, to the left knee. It was Cater's right knee that popped. And when he landed that kick to the left knee, Cater kind of took a step back to base on that right leg. And just, it, once again, on the replay, you could see it snap. Mm-hmm. It popped again. Cater drops. Herb Dean stepping in, stopping the fight. Um, so I guess this is tough, right? And we'll get to a similar fight here soon where we saw this. Um, but I definitely don't want to take away, like I said, from Arnold Allen, um, who who was looking really good early in that mm-hmm. fight. Um, not the way I'm sure Arnold Allen wanted to win. But nonetheless, he stays undefeated in the UFC, moves to 10-0 and in the UFC, and will now enter into the top five of the rankings. So your guys' thoughts on the fight and everything that transpired. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is kind of rough to <clears throat> go back and look at it with how, how much short footage we have. But with the little amount that we do have, I, I felt like his, his boxing especially really surprised me because Cater's a guy that's known for that, mm-hmm. really good boxer. Um, but Allen was right there with him, and I felt like he was landing the better shots. Definitely quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was just, I don't know, it seemed like he was making some good adjustments and landing a little one-two um, in the calf kicks, man. I was really mm, gl- happy to see point. those again as well because he hit a lot of those in his previous fight. I'm blanking on who he fought. Um, uh, Dan Hooker. Hooker, yeah, Hooker, and so to have those carry over was really, really good to see because you can just kind of tell he's evolving as he continues to go out. Yeah, yeah, it's you know we've actually seen a handful of these this year as far mm-hmm. as fights that at least you got to see a round of how he looks. Whereas yeah. like you look at like the Blades and Aspinall one, we've seen like two strikes and it was over. <sighs> yeah, you know we've we've seen some like that, um, but. It is unfortunate for him, but 10 in a row, I mean, you, you don't yeah. get no better than that. And, you know, somebody that we'll probably talk about here in a second had a similar situation, not necessarily on a 10 in a row thing, but where you don't get that full, like, oh, I definitely got this win over this guy and dominated and earned this spot. Yeah. Um. But I do, I agree. I think Arn Island looked amazing in that first round. Yeah. Um. Looked like, you know, we haven't seen him fight as much. It's been like once a year type of thing this year. Now he finally has two in a row this year. This one obviously isn't his best, but you know maybe this saves him for a December type of situation or early next year mm-hmm. to kind of really insert himself into there because I thought he just looked amazing. I thought he looked to be in really like sh- good shape too, like probably better than we've ever seen him. <clears throat> And, yeah, I thought much improved, um, especially in the stand-up. I actually almost saw the exact same finishing sequence there that he had against Dan Hooker with, like, the same finishing combination. Um, I think even Bisping was like, you know, we've seen that before. Um, but he did switch his camp. Well, he didn't switch his camp, so he trains at TriStar. Mm-hmm. Um, but through the pandemic and stuff, I don't think he was able to get over there as much. Um Frost hobby still in his corner. Apparently, he sends his like sparring footage and stuff and to Frost, and, and he, yeah, yeah he kind of 
goes through it with him, but um, moving his camp, Arnold Allen did this time uh, to go up and train with Leon Edwards and that whole team. And I mean, is it revenge? I can't ravage? remember. Some, one of the, something like that. I can't. <clears throat> yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But to me, I saw a very noticeable improvement. Like Brandon said, kind of surprised me a little bit with the the stand up. Super even, confident. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, kind of moving forward, we do. And, and then what we're kind of alluding to with another opponent, similar outcome. Um, we do know Vol- Volk is moving up next for the interim title mm-hmm. with Islam Mak. I think Honor to Allen versus Yair Rodriguez makes a ton of sense. You know, both guys not only coming off of wins against top five opponents, but also both coming off of wins where despite them getting off to a good start, um, their opponents uh, both come to early injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Allen last night with Cater and then Yair with the Ortega fight being his last. Josh Emmett, also a potential name right. that's out there floating around. Um but like I said, I just given the cir- the weird circumstances of both Yair and uh, excuse me Arnold Allen's last fights, I just think that makes so much sense. Mm. And stylistically, oh, I man. mean, it's just a fun fun yeah. thought to match them two up. Hundred percent. I'm I'm definitely with that. And maybe somebody like Josh Emmett, who is a little bit older, is willing to wait out Volk to see if he can get a yeah. title coming back down. They might do Yair and Allen for like an interim type of situation. It's hard to tell what they're going to do because who knows what happens with Volkanovski. He get hurt after right. the fight with Islam, before the fight with Islam. So there's a lot of things up in the air with that division. Yeah. And I think Josh Emmett kind of puts himself in a weird spot where either he has to say, I want one of these guys. I yeah. want. Or he's going to have to fight back. Or he's going to have to. Yeah. He's going to have to do something because. Yeah. <clears throat> Now you got these guys like Arnold Allen. You have your ear. You have these people who are up there. It's like, hey, we got a good claim too. Sure. And with the things being up in the air, you want to make the last statement for when Volkanovski does come back down to say, hey, you know what I've done through these, you know, this time you were gone, I did this, this, and this. So I feel like best case for Emmett would be for it, for them to match him up with like a potential winner of Yair Allen for an interim. Like I feel like because we were talking about Emmett when he beat Cater as kind of like the guy that we want to see next for the title sure. just because he's got a similar win streak. I don't know if it's 10. I think it's like nine uh, though. Yeah, but he's got a pretty <clears> high like win it's streak. like eight or nine, yeah. So I feel like as fun as it and as, as much sense as it does make to do Allen and Yair, I also think it makes a lot of sense to do Allen and Emmett um, just for that sure. potential title shot. But. What did you, what would you guys? It's tough now because Cater's coming off of two losses, right? But what do you guys think about doing Cater Emmett again? Because that fight was so close, and I mean, I even said last week rewatching it, I feel like Calvin Cater won that fight. Yeah, I'd be risky for Emmett. It would be to it, fight a guy yeah, off two losses it, that you've already thing. beat. Yeah, the two losses in a row now make that really tough. I don't for think a guy it's two like in a Emmett. row because he beat Giga, right? Oh. Mm, yeah, well, no, he, well, he beat, beat Giga, Giga to and get then the lost fight to Emmett. Emmett. Yeah. Oh, yeah, split, okay, yeah, yeah. Split decision. Sorry. Yeah, this is the was. first two-fight losing streak yeah, for Calvin Cater right. well, that was your career. That was your big point is he's never yeah. lost two because he always rebounds right. back. And, yeah. Um, obviously, he didn't get a chance to give his full showing because of the injury. Yeah, man, just uh, it just sucks, man. Such a tricky thing. Like I said, Allen was looking so good early, but it is Calvin Cater who, like we mentioned, he does come back into fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you would you guys, for next, for the, the featherweight, what do you think about it? I mean, because I feel like you could match Yair and Arnold Allen up, and it doesn't have you don't have to necessarily have that right interim title on the line. Like, where do you guys kind of stand on the whole interim title thing in the UFC? Because they do like doing them a lot, right? I think there's a difference between like Figgy not being able to fight for whatever reason and Volkanovski going up to a whole another division. It being his choice right. to do that, sure. I think there's something to that because he's making a, a choice to say, "Hey, I'm pausing what I'm doing here to go up here and do this." It's which probably the best thing though, because. If he wasn't and he was looking for a contender, who would you pick? Right. Between, you know, Yair, 
Allen and Josh Emmett. I mean, well, so it'd probably it, be a thing where Volk they yeah. ask Volk like, "Hey, who do you want to? Yeah, who do you want to take?" Which I, don't know. I know him and Yair went back and forth on Twitter sure. before the Max fight and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think that you know it's interesting because, like I said, you never know what's going to happen to Volkanovski. I do think if you do a Yair and Arnold Allen, I want five rounds. I don't want you know a, a three round type of situation so i just pulled my phone out because i need to make sure when heisman lets us know that he's ready and i grabbed ash's phone <laughs> so i don't even have my phone <laughs> nice oh yeah. uh, tell us we got going late without telling us you know uh, um yeah but before we do move on though i do want to ask you guys one thing about this fight um tj last week in the main event right with the shoulder um a fight that we're going to get to a little later with Phil Hawes in the knee, right? A similar outcome. Um, do we need to see rules or a better system implemented to get these fights stopped when guys are obviously blatantly compromised in a fight? Um, you know, these fighters are so tough, right? And they mm -hmm. want a chance to stay in the fight and get it done. But when it's TJ walking back to his corner and his arms hanging out of place dislocated or Phil Hawes, his knee pops. And as soon as he stands up, he falls back down or cater attempts a flying knee and lands and immediately drops to the canvas holding his knee. I just feel like this sport is growing and it's trying to become safer and, and stuff is, you know, it's just something that surely has to improve with the sport. Right. And again, I understand it's probably not a popular opinion amongst fighters. Um, but with their best interests in mind and their careers, longevity, I just think it has to be considered because look at TJ, right? Which I'm sure John will get to a little bit in the news, but he's going to be out for a very long time now mm -hmm. as to where when this whole shorter thing happened back in April, if he just drops out of the fight, and, and gets the surgery repaired, he'd probably be back a lot sooner than what we're going to see TJ Dillashaw now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like Phil Hawes, like I said, we'll get to the Hawes fight. Um, but Cater, th these guys are never going to win these fights. Like what What more has to be done? You right. know, <laughs> she, she's pinging my phone. <laughs> oh, I was like, is that me? It's, well, that what's is. interesting about it too is that... Um, I need to go. Oh, I'm you're sorry. good. <laughs> I'm ruining the episode. But what, what's, what's interesting about it though is we have fights like... Rich Franklin and Chuck Liddell where Franklin breaks his hand or whatever it is, still throws it, ends up winning the fight and knocking out Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Or like Sean O'Malley when he um, got hurt by Cheeto, being able to finish out that fight despite his injury. Or Max Holloway and Conor McGregor won where, you know, Max Holloway's knee goes out and he survives through it. And that's part of his storyline now. I thought it was McGregor. Or was, was it McGregor or Max? I thought, I thought Max was the one who hurt his knee. I thought it was McGregor. In that fight. Knee. Either way, a lot of these guys build themselves on that tough. I think it's going to be hard to break fighters of that. It does, but what I'm saying is, should they even be given? That's what I'm saying. I feel like, because clearly, you know, the argument is the corners, right? And we've tried to put that on the cornermen, but the cornermen aren't going to do it either. Right. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, it seems like at some point there needs to be something implemented that takes that decision out of their hands gives them a little bit of mercy. Once again, with the Haas thing, like, these guys don't need to take this unnecessary yeah. damage where... Yes, there are examples I will get. You know, Thiago Santos, right? Right. Blew his knee out in the Jones fight. Some people think he went on to win that fight even. Right. So there are examples in or cases. TJ, the fight previous. But the thing is, when somebody's, but when somebody's like basing on their, it's just not, like it's just never yeah. going to happen. Well, with Calvin thing, it's a little interesting too because he was able to actually walk and jump on it after he got from the corner. But he wasn't putting any real weight. Right. He's just right. hopping on his toes. He, it, well, it looked better than like a Jimmy Crew trying to walk on that drop sure. button and not and not sticking up. But that's one of the things. I feel like there kind of is a system. Like that's what the doctor's there for. But it's hard because like, well, what, what did the doctor do when he came in though? Hey, for how which is it good? Yeah, you good. feel good? Yeah, that for was it. for Cater. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, but I mean, what did he? What do you want him to do? Like he was walking, he was hopping, so it looks fine. I feel. I mean, like in football, for instance, right? If somebody goes down, there's like things you can do to the knee. Like, I'm not a doctor, not a physical therapist, but I do know there's a thing that you can grab a knee and kind of know if the ACL is still there. Like a quick, a quick exam that of it. Um, but like, there's just there's really never that in a fight until the fight's over and the guys right. on the canvas and they run in and grab the knee and see if the ACL's in place. And so, so I'm not. Seriously, I want to be clear. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying like there shouldn't be anything done. I do think that there needs to be something if we can add anything. I just don't know what that would be because you're not gonna like get some crazy X-ray machine I, I feel like or it needs MRI machine in the cage. Sure. No, 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 no. But like, even like in other sports, like I think it's just with fighting, it's all we gotta go. It's gotta be fast paced. We don't want to slow the fight down. That's why when we've talked about with instant replay, we haven't seen it really in mm-hmm. MMA because I think they're thinking, and maybe they're right. It's just gonna slow the fight down too much. Like right. we want it to go fast. But like I know, like in soccer or football or basketball, non-contact injuries. If a guy goes down stop play that's not good it's usually something really bad same thing all these instances right here you know like especially the cater like or hoss like when a guy's going down and there's no contact for reasoning for them to be falling it should just be stopped right i mean i just i don't understand why we continue to just oh if he hey you want to go go it's like credit to all these guys tj dillashaw you know uh Calvin Cater, like I said, tough as nails, but it's just like, let's think about the risk reward here. Yeah. And it's tough too, because with fighting momentum is such a, a important thing, especially when you're going, you know, when you're putting things together and you're flowing and you're landing things, you got your timing down. Yeah. So to stop for two minutes or so to let a doctor figure out if it needs, and I think that's maybe why you don't see as many pauses. How about like when, before the round starts, like have him like do some like lateral movements yeah. like like don't just watch him visibly hop on his toes or you know ask him if he's okay like like let's come up with like some quick in in the moment tests where we can stop like TJ's sitting there and his shoulders hanging out we all see it stop the fight for a minute have something in place where we can get an idea once again I'm not a doctor or physical therapist or anything but mm-hmm. there's got to be things where we can find out like can he defend himself properly other than walking in and just saying can you go right because it doesn't even look good well, like it kind of makes this, it just it's not a good look and like yeah. I said I think is everything's moving to get safer as it should because mm-hmm. we want to see these you know men and women fight as long as they can this is just something that's just and we're seeing just a lot of examples of it here back to back to back but it's right. like it's just something that I feel like has to be addressed I mean because it's it's just silly. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're going to see fans be very big fans of it either. I don't because know. they like this whole. Because like, here's the thing: if you paid seventy dollars for a pay per view and the first the main event gets stopped because just happens. Of, man. No, it does. But I'm Odell saying Odell Beckham blew his ACL out in the first play of the Super Bowl last year. Right. I mean, That's an just, eleven person team. This sure, is a one on one. But it impacts the right. game. I mean, it just like things happen. You know. I, I mean, you just can't. Right. It just I, is what it is. I think when you when you come into, you know making money and certain things, these fighters will risk a lot of things. I mean, TJ almost kind of pretty much admitted, like, sure. I'm not going to get another title shot. I needed this. Dude, I, I absolutely know. understand it from the fighter's perspective. Yeah. Like, I get they would not be for this. And I mean, I, and I Francis. Respect it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. That whole backstory that came out from that. Yeah, like, it's crazy. His doctor pretty much told him to pull out, and he said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And I like risk I, permanent damage. And I get there's examples of it, but, and the, but there's a difference when, Right, you didn't you're see functional. it. Yeah, you didn't see it in the fight. He wasn't like wobbling on his knee or falling every time he put weight on it. I don't right. know. I just, to me, it's just seeing these a couple examples. It's like, and and as men and women are getting better and more violent and, and things are nastier, it's like, come on, like, let's, mm-hmm. like, these, these are athletes that are standing in front of these other people, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a body. So, 
hundred percent. You just hmm. Hmm. what do you think? I mean, I hear you, but again, I just don't know what he that likes would violence. Be. I get it. I respect it. Boys, in the co-main <laughs> event, Max Payne Griffin defeats Tim and Dirty Bird Means via split decision. Um, I personally did not see a split decision here. I feel like Griffin did more than enough to win this fight at least 29-28, possibly even 30-27. Mm-hmm. I feel like he won round one. Round two, a bit close. Um could have kind of went either guy's way there. A lot of back and forth action from both guys. But Max dropped means at the end of the round, which I felt like kind of broke the tie personally. Like if there mm-hmm. was one up until then, right, it was the most significant strike of that that round. Right. Um, but regardless, I feel like Max did more than enough in the third by not just landing the takedown, but then staying on top of means um, for most of the round and just landing shots. Uh, so luckily he did win because that right. would have been, I mean, even when they said split decision, Tim Means immediately looked at Max Griffin and was like, no, dude, it's you. Like, you're good. <laughs> you, you got it. Uh, but that's now, uh, f- uh, Max has now won four of his last five. I have to think possibly gets a top 15 opponent next. Yeah. Uh, I think um, I, there's some. there was some weird judging tonight or last night or Saturday night. We did, mm. I did yeah, there was. You you're right. Um, you know, Tim did outstrike him by almost double, mm-hmm. but you're talking about quality of strike, control sure. time. There's so sure. many other elements to it. But Max has put on a, a really good little run here. Yeah. Um, I think he's kind of turned himself into somebody you got to watch. Obviously, the Neil Magny fight was a split. You know, so he's not even really getting that last loss wasn't even like a, oh he wasn't there he was in it yeah that was a good fight too right. and he even said Dana White paid him his win bonus on that because <laughs> I mean, he just it was such a close fight and he was in it the whole time and it was a great I mean even for Magni it was just a great back and forth fight yeah. right I mean he just beat a guy with you know almost fifty fights you know that's a big big thing for him and beating Condit before that split decision so yeah the bad thing about Max though is he's like thirty six years old I think you know he's getting up there running out of time so he's gonna have to just keep winning keep trying to string some things together here if he wants to climb because getting shots at Magni and guys that are in the top 15 I know it was close it was a great fight but losing Mm -hmm. those and then getting sent back down it's like it's tough so I hope they give him another crack at a top 15 give him that chance to propel himself into there and just see what happens you want to see him fight Mm, let's think that's welterweight I mean Who's at the bottom there of welterweight that you could realistically... I'm trying to think of somebody realistically that would make a lot of sense. I'd have to look at the rankings. but And it could be somebody right outside the top 15. You know, I know a lot of guys are tied up right now, but I just think he deserves something bigger, if nothing else. But moving on, boys, the air horn wasn't going to stay silent for long because Trajan Gore defeating Josh Fremd via... Second round guillotine choke, and man, what a choke it was from Trajan Gore. A bit unorthodox. Not how your jujitsu instructor yeah. teaches it, but hey, in the words of our boy Heisen Rita, right? Sometimes you just got to figure some shit out. And that's exactly <laughs> what Gore did. Great win for Gore, who came in off the Ultimate Fighter. Gets his first official UFC win here. Um, for, who, for a guy, though, who... Uh, when he came in, right, was very raw coming off the show. Mm-hmm. I thought he showed great strides in his game and improvement. Gave credit to Safe Sayud and the Fortis MMA guys who uh, mm-hmm. he spent some time with in the lead up with it. I think he trains full time with uh, Diego and Douglas Lima. Mm-hmm. Um, both of, or one of them was in his corner, I think, last night. Um, but man, just what a nasty choke from him. I thought his uh, head was going to come off. <laughs> Dude, I mean, it put uh, Fremd uh, unconscious. Yeah. I mean, it looked tight. I he mean, was I, doing the right things, but it's just when it's that tight and, yeah. and you have that type of a squeeze, it doesn't matter. Technique, yeah. there's nothing you can do. Pushing for, off, yeah, him pushing off the cage is what Fremd kind of 
tried to kick and turn, like you said, doing the right thing. But that's what kind of led to that weird position. But mm-hmm. I guess however you got to do it, yeah. right? Yeah. And to sink that in off the the single leg attempt, at first it didn't seem like it was tight enough. And then you seen that hand kind of pop up over here. Like, oh, man, that's deep. Yeah. And he was trying everything, but I was so tight. I mean, there's nothing you can do there. And he's more known for heavy hands and kind of striking. Mm-hmm. So to use that is um, really impressive for him to make that adjustment, especially because that friend was a training partner to the guy he just recently lost to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy. So they- yeah. Oh, we're gonna no, say? I was okay. gonna say. So he had kind of a little bit of an insight. So to For make sure. that adjustment was huge. Boys, Khalil Roundtree Jr. defeating Justin Jacoby via split decision. This was a very close fight. Um, I feel like the story of this fight was the volume and combinations of Jacoby versus the big power shots of Roundtree. At the end of it, I felt like Jacoby did enough through the first two rounds to win in this fight. Um, 29-28, in my opinion. Um, I did give Roundtree Jr. the third round, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not a judge, luckily, for Roundtree, which makes that three straight wins for him. He's probably going to get elevated into the light heavyweight um, top 15 when the rankings come out this week, though. But your guys' thoughts on the fight? Because like I said, I thought where Khalil was maybe landing the bigger singular shots, I feel like especially in those first two rounds, Dustin Jacoby was just tagging him up the mm-hmm. whole time. Leg kicks, everything. Yeah, I- you know, we've, we haven't seen a lot of fights like this, but every now and then you see that one where it is, you know, a volume guy loses to a, um, you know, power strike or, sure. or signature strike type of person who's landing. And it did seem like when whenever Khalil would land, it was it looked scarier. It had that appeal of because he just that's just how he strikes. He throw he wings everything. He puts everything he has into every punch and kick. I thought he looked really, really good in the third round. Those knees were hurting. Um, Jacoby really bad in that third round. I do agree the first and second round, it was a matter of I touch you, you hit me hard. I touch you four times, you hit me hard. Like, um, But, you know, like I said, judging was a little bit weird tonight, but maybe this is where judges are starting to pivot a little bit. You know, we've been begging for some more consistency. I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the angle that they go at, but there's you're definitely seeing something a little bit different with this one as far as how they viewed the fight compared to how they traditionally view them. What do you think? Yeah, I, this is one of those kind of gray areas when it comes to fighting, right? Like what you just said, John. Like if if somebody lands, let's say a two or three fight uh, string, mm-hmm. and then the other the, the opponent lands one just really hard right hand or something sure. similar, how do you how do you compare those? Yeah, you know, I, I guess that's kind of the question. Um, I it, it always comes down to damage, I suppose. So for me, if that one strike, if we look at it like a health bar, if it seems like right. that one strike tick off a little more of the health bar, sure, I, guess, I get what you're saying. I guess we lean there. But I don't know. Like uh, this fight to me it seems a lot. Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. you go. I because I, I, you're on to something good, and I want to let you finish, but I want to stop there because that's a good point. But I because I feel like looking back at it, like. Khalil was wearing damage, maybe not as much on his face, but you could tell his legs were definitely yeah. getting, his movement was stifling by, I mean, which credit to him for going and winning the third round, but I just felt like the volume was adding up. Do you feel and like he was tired from the body? I mean, Jacoby going to the body a lot, ripping some big body shots. He was breathing. But then too, with body, body and leg strikes, I I almost feel like personally that to me, it seems like judges don't weigh those strikes nearly as heavy. As I agree. They do, as they do. Just, <clears throat> I do uh, agree. Head strikes. So, I, I think that matters too. So like yeah, I mean I do think when somebody's wearing the damage on their face a little bit more, it does mean stuff more to a judge, you know, cuz you know, they probably can't see the redness on the legs like we can or on the body or like oh this guy's really gassed or you know his stance has now changed because clearly he's tired, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I I do understand that aspect of it too, but 
And I don't want to think it's a, I'm not saying it was a robbery. Seemed like a lot of people were really upset about it. I know. Like, so I mean, I thought it was close regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and for somebody like Jacoby to be on the streak he was on and lose that way in a sucks. fight where you probably felt really good. Yeah. I mean, the third round you probably felt it, but you probably felt like, you know, I, I put I in did a enough. lot of work. Just got to like, round ones and two. And then, right. you know, being a, a fan of Khalil Roundtree, I'm also not mad to see him get, because he's, a really, he's a really good matchup against some <laughs> yeah. of these other guys because he is such a scary striker. And that's where I show, because I, I am admittedly a fan of his as well i really like khalil roundtree but looking at that fight objectively i'm like at the end of it i like because he kind of went on almost like was going to finish him at one point i thought at the end there i mean Mm -hmm. he really started pouring it on him and i feel like khalil was doing that because he probably had to have felt like i don't think i'm going to get a decision here you know i don't know i just felt like through first two it was and him telling somebody in the crowd to shut up i'm okay with that (laughs) i think i can give him the win for that (laughs) I love it. Boys, the last fight that we're going to talk about on this card, Roman Dolitz defeating Phil Haas via first-round knockout. Boys, Roman Dolitz is violent and mean. Yeah. Uh, In the first round, Haas hits just a nice duck under. Obviously, Juco National Champ wrestler um, took Dolitz down. Dolitz kind of rolled into guard as they were falling there and actually got the better ground-and-pound strikes off his back. Um, mm. from from full guard um, and uh, landed some really big elbows on Haas and then threw up an arm bar off of it, like which was crazy. Like, you see stuff like that, and it's like, huh, I wonder why more guys... Because like, if you go back and watch it, he landed like four massive elbows to Haas, and as Haas is kind of like pulling back to get away from those elbows, he threw up his legs for an arm bar. I'm like, gosh, that is like really, really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but Haas, you know, to his credit, defended it, got out of it, but in doing so allowed Dolides the chance to get to a leg lock position, and he just started kind of uh, unorthodox again, but just started cranking on that knee in an awkward way, <clears throat> and then eventually, same thing as like in the main event, you saw it pop, I think I heard it, I think you could hear it through the the thing pop, mm-hmm. um, um, and I think Dolides felt it pop because as soon as it did, he let it go. Right. And let Haas stand back up. But as soon as Haas stood up, he immediately fell back to his feet. Um, Roman kind of tried to get the ref to stop the fight. As I mean, obviously the knee was compromised. But Dan Mergliata just kind of looked at both of them like I'm saying. It was just like, oh, fight. It's good. You know, mm-hmm. credit to Haas who tried to keep going, but honestly never had a chance. Um, and eventually gets knocked unconscious for his troubles. Um, and, and just kind of like I talked about in the main event, something just needs to be done because ultimately Haas didn't need to have that happen. Mm-hmm. But how mean is Roman Deleuze <laughs> for knowing right. he had no shot and just like, I mean, credit to, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Hey, you go until the ref tells you to stop, but just comes in and just viciously ends Phil Haas there, knocking him unconscious. Yeah, I, I thought well, when, when Phil Haas got put into the leg situation, he didn't seem panicked at all. Or maybe he just didn't know what to do because he was kind of just sitting there. It was an awkward position. And then all of a sudden, you've seen him getting it cranked on. He yeah. gets up. It seems like Dan almost wanted to stop because he got in between them for a second. Well, I think you could. I, I heard you yeah. could hear the pop. I mean, I, I could hear it pop, and then you saw it pop. I yeah. Mean. And then Haas gets up, finds a way to kind of stay in it, and then he just gets fight night. He get hit. Oh. He's out, and he hits like three more on all the way, way down. down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just a bad look. <laughs> but if Phil Hawes, like, stands back up and finds a way to knock him out, it's like, oh, thanks for letting him stay in. And I think yeah, that's just the weird just, part about this, just not the fights more, nowadays. I, mean, I feel like we see more of this, though, than people coming back. It just it just feels like to get now. So not only did he now get knocked unconscious, which is terrible, and even the way he fell, let's not even talk about that, and hit the canvas. It's like, let's not even talk about the damage that he did there to his brain and his head, possibly, but... 
now he probably, I mean, you never know what these knee things could be ACL, MCL, could just be a dislocation, you know, it could be nothing, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know. He might be back in six months, but like, why are we just piling more unnecessary damage? Like the fight was, I mean, come on, he right. stood up and fell. I mean, he's not, he's done. Like, what do you, I don't know. It's, it's just such a weird, it started out such as a weird sport, and I think it's going to keep on getting the weird out of it. It's still going to take a lot of time because it's still so new technically. Because, yeah. like I said, we have fights where we see people survive certain things, and then you see something like this where it's like, man, he probably wishes he probably just would have tapped out because he did take a lot of damage with those shots. Yeah, and not, the other thing is, like, Dan Mergliotti, he was the ref, right? Uh, I... In those moments, you never know. I feel like with split-second decision-making, do you want to be the guy that ends a fight due to something suspicious? Like, I'm sure there is an element of that where it's... Like, we've seen that happen where guys step in and, like... But I don't know. I'm I'm sure that's a really difficult decision to make. And like you said in the beginning, who's who are we putting the onus on? Is it the corner? Is it the fighter? Is it the ref? All three? Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like in the moment, it's easy for us as a viewer sitting in the living room watching. Absolutely. You know, like that's that's and from the camera angle too. Who knows what exactly Dan? You know what he was thinking in the moment. So I don't know. I but that's what I'm saying. I think it starts with the commission because they are there to keep everybody safe, and and then it's a learning and a training process, right? And 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 everything just gets better from there. I'm not putting any blame on the UFC or Mergliata specifically or either guy's corners. It's like I think it starts at the top, which is the commission, which is there and designed to keep everybody safe and then they need to kind of figure out what is this plan or how is it implemented as much as like I said I get it's easy to sit at home and be like god dude I'd be so done if my knee was popped and, and maybe in the moment these guys feel like they can keep going but mm-hmm. I mean well the sport is nasty man yeah and, and I agree I de- it definitely has to come from the commission because when you have TJ Dillashaw allow telling the ref hey sure this pops out let me pop it back in dana white acting like he didn't know who knows if he actually did right we don't know that but then you know even when we talked with jacob he said that he know he's known of fighters that'll tell ref like hey stuff in the back i yeah. get flash knocked out sometimes just let me fight back and yeah you know as a fighter obviously you want as many chances as you can to win mm-hmm. but like you said sometimes people just kind of put themselves in their own way same thing don't want to take away from deletes big win phil haas is a very legit w in his mm-hmm. win column um that's three straight wins he moves to 11 and 1 boys in his MMA career. Um, I don't know how high they want to push him for his next opponent. I thought of somebody last night that I would love to see him face, and I believe he's still available, and that's Brad Tavares. Mm, um, yeah. Brad's ranked, is coming off a loss, but he's still ranked inside the top 15. I think he is number 15. Uh, that fight would just be messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that fight yeah. would just be gross in every sense of the word. That'd be a good name for him, too, for Roman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who did Tavares just lose to? Uh, who was that? Was it Nazardine? Imovov? I don't remember. It might have been. I think it, I think he just lost to Nazardine in Paris, if I remember right. Uh, but that's all we're going to do for UFC 263, boys, unless you think I missed anything major in there. Andre Olovsky losing. Chase Hooper. Holy cannoli, Chase. Wow. I didn't see what happened there. He got rocked, butchered rocked and rocked. in one round, Oops. all on the feet. You know, I guess we can pit stop here just for a sec. You talk, you know... Talk about that Hosa Jr. kid, right, that's coming in. He's 17 mm-hmm. years old. And, you know, we've, we talked about back when they signed him and announced him, the Chase Hooper comparison. Like, you signed him when he was 18, right? And you just see Chase's development, right? And, I mean, we've seen it, talked about it, too. It's just like, man, it's got to be so tough when you're that age to be developing, basically, in the pinnacle top of the sport. And, you know, for a guy like Chase now, it's like you just kind of hope 
he even maybe makes the decision to kind of move on and go get some wins um, outside of the UFC, maybe in like some more regional mm-hmm. type stuff to just keep developing. Randy Moreno did it. Yeah, and well, I think I think there's still a high ceiling for Chase Hooper. Obviously, he's phenomenal on the ground, right? But strength, um, you know, he only has three losses. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he's great. He's not he's not a bad fighter. Right. It's just I think he's trying to sharpen his striking in the UFC, where everybody's pretty good to elite. Yeah, that's how Gore said it because he got in at three and zero. He's like, you know, I'm learning on the job, so there's still, man. you know, it's it's, it's not going to be easy. It has to be. So but then you hard. have guys who are doing that like. Bo Nickel, right? And right. I get that Bo Nickel was coming from a totally different background sure. than Chase, but still, it's like it can be done on some level. Well, and I think the difference between like a Bo Nickel and a Chase Hooper, and we'll see with this Rosa Jr., is the body, the development. These guys are 8, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Like your body's not developed. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have some of just the pure, you know, for lack of better words, man strength that a Trajan Gore even has coming right. into it, yeah. right? Where you can physically keep up with some of these people, at least if nothing else. So, um, still think sky's the limit for Chase Hooper. It'd be interesting. I, I feel like though they've got to make a good decision for he Chase. Needs to go back with his dad, Ben. Work on <laughs> some things, it. you know. I, oh, not striking with Ben Askren. Uh, that yeah. is not the move. Brandon, update us on our scores. All right. So Nate, you were talking a really big game for your pick. Uh, I know. I felt good week, about that one, but it. Uh, <laughs> It did not go your way. You know what? I, and I said I would throw my hands up if I was wrong. Um, but I don't feel like I have to. Yeah, when you okay. Have the, when you have the injury. Yeah. I just I had re-listened to the to the episode last night again, and just the I forget exactly what you said. He I just like has it on a loop. <laughs> well, it was yeah, just you the, thought. Uh, <laughs> you know, he said this is where we separate the boys from the king, right? Yeah. Because yeah, 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 as soon yeah. as he gets late. anyway. All right, Nate, you're sitting at seventy five. I got a point. I have seventy four. John, you ended up getting three. So. Brandon, do you care to comment on John's 0 for 7? Listen, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's, I, I it's so Again, bad. I was yeah. so upset that I couldn't be here to talk about it in front of you. I mean, you almost have to try, John, to be that bad. <laughs> like, I, I literally four times this week at work thought about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'll ever not think about the fact that you hey, went 0 for 7. Yeah, you're just... <laughs> I could literally show Ash seven fights on any card, and I guarantee she picks at least one. Yeah. Junior I mean, technically, I, Brady. Technically, yeah, yeah, Brady. <laughs> technically, I picked one because I still think Yon won. So, <laughs> well, and that's it. the only one you got, right? Uh, I'm still. I was in the lead. No, I know, even, but you you only got. Uh, hey, he you got, only got one, one. Right? That's the I whole still point. Got a point. Yeah, that's right. what we're saying. I'm saying I should have got one, but these judges, man. John. Yeah, yeah. But I did get three this week, so you guys can kiss my balls. Uh, John, good, John job, is, good job. John is 59. I'm sorry, uh, 60. Do you just want to disqualify yourself now? No. Just move on. Just like quit making picks. No. I All might right. I might just get a little bit of whimsical with it. I don't know. I mean, I at this point, John, anything's better than 0 for 7. I mean, 0 for 7. you could start picking Dana White if you want. I don't somebody even care picked, anymore. Somebody picked it perfect this week. That's all I'm saying. Boys, yeah, UFC Vegas 64 this Saturday night. This card was originally scheduled to be headlined by Thug Nasty Bryce Mitchell versus Mavzar Ivloyev, or as John says, Envelope. Envelope. Ivloyev was forced off due to injury, so the fight was scrapped. Bryce Mitchell now facing Ilya Topira at UFC 282 on December 10th. That's a fantastic fight as well. Um, Excuse me. So Co-Main gets elevated to our main in the women's strawweight division. 
Number three, Marina Rodriguez versus number seven, Amanda Limoges. Boys, Marina Rodriguez comes into this fight on a five-fight win streak. Her last win was a split decision victory against Jan Shanown back in March. Marina has just one loss in her UFC career, and that was a split decision against current champ Carla Esparza. Also worth mentioning, Marina has never been finished in her MMA career. Her opponent, Amanda Limoges, comes into this fight as a winner of six in her last seven. Um, her last win was against Michelle Watterson back in July. John, cover your ears. A fight Limoges won by second round submission. Of Amanda's 12 professional victories, 10 have been by finish. And I thought that was interesting because of Rodriguez's 16 victories, nine are by decision. So depending who you have winning this fight could determine if we see a finish or decision in this one. But I do ultimately think a number one contender will emerge from this fight, especially if Marina Rodriguez gets it done. John, what is your pick? And give us your thoughts. All righty. Well, my thoughts are, I think Marina has faced a way higher level as far as multiple opponents um with her only loss being a split decision against the current champ mm -hmm. but having you know wins over rebus waterson dern hebus hebus waterson dern and my girl yawn reba mcintyre yeah um that's i mean that's super impressive and i, I if i remember correctly even the esparza fight you know with it mm, being a split that wasn't close. a bad that wasn't a bad yeah, showing no um, and for Limoges, I mean, she definitely has, you know, the Andrade thing is a little bit different because that was just a really weird mm -hmm. uh, type of submission. Sure. Um, but she is really aggressive. But I think Marina uses her her length really well, strikes really long. Um, I just, like I said, I feel like she's been in there with really, really tough competition, obviously up to a champion. So And Limoges' run at that ended up being a loss. So I'm going to take Marina Rodriguez by unanimous decision. Brandon, take it away. Listen, I am a Limoges fan. Um, I really like watching her fight. And just here recently, too, like her last two wins over Andrade and over Watterson were really fun. She lost fun. to Andrage. Or I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, Hill. Hill. Uh, she lost to Andrade? She got choked out the by standing, standing uh, Armin. Armin. Oh, uh, that's, right, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. But regardless, outside of that loss, she's looked really good. Um, like, And I just think the power that she brings in her fights make it really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And she's a finisher, like you said. So I, I think... She's actually going to put a stop to her here. I think Lamosh is going to come out on top with this one. Um, I just think that, again, with the power, I think that's something that Reboss, he boss, is not. Gosh. You're <laughs> uh, not, he boss, Rodriguez. You're not I'm all over the, the right place person. I'm all over the place today, guys. He's sick. He's sick. Yeah, give me a break. Um, I just think that Rodriguez is, she's looked good. She's Rodriguez. a good counter striker. Rodriguez. <laughs> She's a good counter striker, but uh, I don't think it's going to... I mean, she could sit on the outside and pick apart Lamoche, mm -hmm. but I think Lamoche is going to be a little more tenacious. And if she gets it to the ground, I think Lamoche has some unorthodox submissions there. I think if she gets a hold of her, it'll be her night. So I'm going to go with Lamoche. I'll take her by second round sub. I mm, think she's going to hand Rodriguez her first professional yeah. I'm on the uh, finish. I'm on the uh, I like Marina here. I think it is a very dangerous fight for her. Amanda Lamoche. Cap as capable as any uh, woman in this division to put somebody's lights out with one punch. Uh, but Marina, like, never been finished. So I, I feel like, and that's for a reason. 
She's extremely durable, great chin, great cardio. Um, I know she doesn't have the finishes, especially as of late, but when you look at her last few opponents, not just the level, like John said, but also the variety of skill set that she's beat is impressive. You know, to go and outlast a grappler like Dern over five rounds, um, and then to go outlast a striker like Xiao Nan over five rounds, it just speaks to how well-rounded she is, and both of those women you know, had Marina in their A game and she was able to find a way out of it and to win the fight, regardless of how close they were. Because even watching the Shao Nan fight back, I kind of got the feeling Yan Shao Nan won that, <clears throat> if I'm being honest. But um, Marina's also fantastic in the clinch, a position we just saw Limoges submitted in uh, by a much shorter op opponent, mind mm -hmm. you. Marina's very long and tall for this division. Um, but I just have to believe deep down that Marina is going to uh, pay off this win streak with a title shot, and I think she earns it right here through Limoges. John, you took her by unanimous decision. That was my pick, but give me Marina Rodriguez via second-round submission. Rodriguez has a lot mm. to lose in this fight. A lot, man. That's Limoges. a five-round win streak, too. Yeah. Or, Limoges yeah. is ranked, isn't Limoges ranked eight? Something like that, yeah. It, it'd be a tough. It's tough, man. Like I said, I mean, to do all this work and 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 the quality of people that she's beat. If if Limoges gets through her, it would be rough. Marina only has moving. one sub, so you might want to put some money on that bet if you're calling that one. Yeah, I could see it going there, boys. In the men's welterweight division, our co-main event, number 13, Neil Magny versus number 14, Daniel Rodriguez. This fight was scheduled to take place three weeks ago, but got delayed to this card because Rodriguez was dealing with a laceration to his elbow from his previous fight that needed more time to heal. Uh, Magny coming into this fight off his second round submission loss to Shavka Rachmanov back in June. Before that loss, he was on a two-fight win streak with back-to-back -back wins over Jeff Neal and excuse me, Max Griffin. I hope that burp did not come through. I apologize if it did. Uh, this fight will be Neil's 28th UFC fight, putting him just one behind Matt Brown with 29 for the most fights in UFC <laughs> welterweight division history. And should Neil win, boys, he will pass GSP for the most wins at welterweight with both men currently tied at 19. Jeez. Crazy to think Neil Magny could be the most winningest welterweight in UFC history. Go. And probably will be. Go. Man. GSP's done. His opponent, though, Daniel Rodriguez, is coming into this fight in great form. D-Rod currently on a four-fight win streak. His last win was a very close split decision win over Lee Zhilengong uh, at the poop show that was UFC 279. D-Rod also currently holds a UFC record of seven wins and just one loss. I believe he lost to Nick Dolby was his mm -hmm. lone loss. This is another big test for him, getting his first UFC fight ranked inside the top 15 against another top 15 opponent and a veteran in Magni at that. John, your pick for this fight, sir. All righty. Well, I feel like this is a little bit interesting because Neil Magni only loses to guys that are like legit, I feel like. When you talk about, you know, his last two losses being Michael Chiesa and Shavkat, like those you don't get higher level in that division as far as like a top ten level type of guy. And I just don't know where D Rod shows that he's that level at, at what aspect of his game. Um, and Neil is just so he fights real long, uh, gas tank is forever, and you have to be able to stop that. And I don't know that D Rod can do it. So I'm actually gonna take Neil Magny by decision in this one. Mm. This is a tough one for me. It is really tough. I feel like on the feet, Rodriguez has the advantage. Um, I, I, I honestly thought Lee beat him, but mm -hmm. I thought he, they both looked great in that fight. Um, Neil, I feel like if he's going to win this, he has to take it to the ground. He has to implement his wrestling um, the same way he did with Griffith when he beat him. Um, but I just think that 
Okay, I want Neil to win, but I'm going to pick Rodriguez. So I'm going to go. This is three rounds. I th- I'll say Nanum's decision. I don't think he finishes. Neil's really tough, but I think he wins it by decision. I don't feel good about either of these picks. I think both of these fights are really close, and this mm-hmm. one right in line with that. I really went back and forth all re- all week. I really like this fight for D-Rod, though. I think uh, we're going to get a lot of answers, like John said. I don't know where he stands either. Like I mm-hmm. still feel like I have a lot of questions on him, but going through a guy like Neil Magny, um, who's as well-rounded, I think we're going to get a lot of answers there, but I am going to go with Neil Magny in this fight for my pick. Um, I just think he needs to stay long, stay behind his jab, and turn this thing into an MMA fight. Just use every aspect of mixed martial arts. I think... Excuse me, he's better in the clinch and more than capable of taking D-Rod down, which I think we will see. Um, and that's not to think I don't think Rodriguez isn't capable of competing in those positions. We just haven't seen it yet in the UFC. You know, Kevin Lee took um, had a lot of success taking Daniel Rodriguez down, uh, but just eventually faded cardio-wise mm-hmm. um, as the fight went on. Uh, Magny obviously has great cardio, won't be worried about any takedown threats, which, John, you mentioned, you know, you look at the guys that he has lost to. Yes, all both great, both elite, but there's one thing they both have in common fantastic grapplers right um so and those are his last two losses um so i think he's going to feel more than confident and just letting his hands go and just getting his whole entire game off um he's just going to have to avoid that big shot from d-rod because he's as dangerous as anybody in this division uh what'd you take magni uh unanimous dang that was my pick too Uh, man, I don't know. I really, I, I that's a good pick. I don't think he's going to finish D-Rod, but I think if he does, it'll be submission. So give me uh, Neil Magny, second round sub. Nice. I just don't think he finishes it. Uh, boys, we're against the time. Haven't heard from Heisem yet, so I'm going to assume he's not ready. I was going to surprise you guys. I'm going to start doing this randomly. We're going to pick for a third. Mm. Boom. Oh, we yeah. talking about last place. <laughs> Boom. Just hey, guess what? More, more chances for me to get points. This well, is This is just going to be a one-pointer. Another point. <laughs> this is just going to be a one-pointer. I can get seven here. But this fight recently got moved to this card, and it is a fantastic fight, and I think deserves a lot of praise. Um, it's Mark O'Madson versus Grant Dodson. Uh, Dodson. Dawson. Excuse me. Dawson's Creek. Don't yeah, look up Dodson. stats, cheater. I hate I look up stats. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at... Like the wins and losses. I do this for all fights. I hate to say, boys, addition by subtraction, but Marco Madsen was originally supposed to face Drakkar Close. That fight in itself would have been fantastic, but unfortunately Close had to drop out this past week, and uh, two weeks ago, excuse me, and then enter the contender, Grant Dawson. Uh, but we're going to start with the undefeated Olympian, Marco Madsen. Um, <laughs> Madsen is the former 2016 Greco-Roman silver medalist and is a perfect 12-0 in his MMA career, 4-0 in the UFC. He's coming in with back-to-back decision wins over Clay Guida and the recently and always tough Vince Pichel. Back in April, his opponent, Grant Dawson, comes in with a record of 18 wins and one losses. <laughs> one loss the brain is going boys and since winning his Dana White contender series fight has gone 6 and 0 in the UFC with one draw his last win a third round submission victory over Jared Gordon back in April uh John what is your pick just need a winner don't need a round Marco Madsen Marco Madsen quick and easy Marco Madsen as well I'm gonna take Grant Dawson both of these guys are fantastic grapplers right Mm -hmm. different you know Dawson more of your uh, BJJ guy Marco Madsen obviously your wrestler I think a lot of this fight probably plays out on the feet just because historically two high level grapplers that's usually how it plays out I expect both of them to be competitive there but I will give uh, Grant Dawson a bit of the edge there just gonna go with Dawson I really like him too I think he's Mm -hmm. 
really I think Matson star. had like 20 shots his last fight. So Yeah. There dude, this is a great fantastic fight. Um also on this card Dang it, I didn't write it in my notes. But uh, Nate Manus, shout out to Nate yep. Manus on the main card, moving down to flyweight, going to try his hand one division lower. So definitely interested to see how that plays out. Um, John, any other fights? Almeida. Jelton Almeida is on the main card. Yep, Jelton Almeida, and he's facing? Uh, Grisham. Max Grisham. Yeah. Max Grisham. Yep. Yep. And... Um, I think that was really it as far as the main card. Maverick, Miranda Maverick. Okay, John, let's get to the news. We're going on the news. Mm, going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. John, right. you, you know Brandon doesn't know who Miranda Maverick is. Come on. Didn't you pick her in I one like, of the drafts? I like Miranda Maverick. John, tell us about Chris Dawkins. Let's three. go. It's <laughs> one of the three people. No, I actually have sadder news. Uh, last night, we had to watch... Which it's not. It's only sad because I'm a fan. But Jake Paul and Anderson Silva did their boxing match last night in Arizona. Uh, Jake Paul winning by unanimous decision, 77-74, 78-73, and 78-73. Uh, he did knock down Silva in the eighth round. I remember. I know both of us kind of had this feeling, but it, it was a really good fight, honestly. Um, back and forth. Um, Anderson was. Landing a lot of shots. Uh, he was really frustrating Jake at times um, with Jake not being able to land, getting out of the way, using his head mm-hmm. movement. He did do some weird stuff that Anderson tends to do in fights, and you know that could have cost him very well. He he squared up a lot and it put him in a, a, a spot to eat a big right hand, and eventually he mm-hmm. did. Um, after the fight, um, Jake Paul calls out Nate Diaz. He calls out Canelo. Calls out Brandon's dad. Like he called out everybody. Um, and Anderson says he's not done fighting. He actually is going to be in Abu Dhabi doing jujitsu tournament. I saw that. Um, next week. So, and then he said he wants to, after this, he wants to do an exhibition with Roy Jones Jr., which makes sense. They're both kind of in the same spot of their career. And I think for Jake, you know, it, it, it's, it showed where he's at in his career right now. And it shows, it shows where Anderson's at mm-hmm. a step behind the younger guys, um, still had a really good showing for himself. And for Jake, you know, he ma- he had to make some adjustments because he was having trouble landing early, but he showed that he's definitely made some progression, in, and I think he's ready for the next step for him. John, I just want to hear you say Jake Paul is a better boxer than Eric Silva. No, because I, I still think it was because I still think I still think it was a draw personally. I, I now here's the thing. Let me let me lead with this. I am not anywhere even I mean clearly I'm not even a MMA judging expert or specialist but I'm definitely not a boxing but I just feel like from watching like my thought was because you mentioned the knockdown in the yeah. eighth round so you know that's a 10-8 in boxing automatically um unless Silva would have found a way to knock Jake Paul down mm-hmm. um but so when I saw that I because I felt like Anderson was a little bit ahead for me personally mm-hmm. like I just don't know much but I was like oh, okay with that knockdown this is probably gonna be a draw which actually would have been a win-win because then you can do the rematch and probably make just about double because at the end of the day Anderson Silva gave Jake Paul his toughest right. fight yet which is exactly what we all kind of thought was it was gonna be was mm-hmm. reg- regardless whether he wins or loses Anderson Silva's definitely the toughest guy he's faced right. pure boxer in terms of just boxing um but yeah i just I, like you said john i felt like it, it's it's a good representation probably where both guys are i felt like jake paul did show a lot of improvements from what we've seen 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know they talked about the feints being a thing, and even with that right hand, you could see him trying to you know feint it a lot more instead of just loading it up and just winging it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Anderson, the way the movement at first, I was like, oh, he's seeing his punches in those early rounds, and then I think by like the fourth round, I was just like, he's gonna get knocked out. I mean, you, I, like, Silva, I thought Silva was gonna get knocked out. I mean, it was just like it just felt like a matter of time before that right hand was gonna land, um, mm-hmm. and it eventually did in the eighth, but. Um, it, it did knock Silva down, but he didn't seem very phased no. by it either. Like, he wasn't like, you know, he kind of set him down to his butt, but, I mean, he seemed okay. I think well, it just kind of knocked his equilibrium off a little bit. Well, in the way that Anderson does some of those exchanges, he like I said, he ended up squaring up, so he was standing straight up on and his I didn't, feet. Uh, yeah, every time, because the story for me of this fight was at distance in the middle of the ring, Jake Paul having all the success. But as soon as the fight got close against the ropes, Anderson had his way with Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I mean, that just the the dirty boxing, the, the phone booth, the type, all that stuff was all Anderson yeah. Silva. But when he would get teeing off on Jake, when Jake was against the ropes, he would completely go square. Like, just mm-hmm. completely. And I'm just like, I mean, I don't even know how you can really generate much power from that. Yeah. And, you know, he, just, and he ate a couple big right hands uh, earlier in the fight. He mm-hmm. ate some big shots. Yeah, yeah he did take some that. good shots. Um, I agree. But for Jake Paul, you know, like I said, this is um, now he, the world is kind of his oyster as far as yeah. what he wants to do next. Um, like I said, he wants Nate Diaz. I think Diaz was at the fight for a little while. His There's a his big, camp and Jake's camp got into a fight, so he left. Right before they walked out. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I, I do think that's probably what makes the most sense. Oh, yeah. Come on. Cause I, mean, I mean, if Fury, because if the Fury fight was going to happen, it, it would have happened. Something happened. I don't know if Tommy just didn't want to do it or yeah. what, but it seems like that had a weird... Uh, aura around it so i think that's probably what's next for jake and for anderson like he said he wants to do jujitsu and he, he wants to keep MMA. boxing you know he said mma he wants to go back to mma so i i i expect expect anderson silva bellator 2023 i bet it's oh. gonna happen oh. one thing i will say i'm like today and I, I haven't had a chance to look at much but immediately last night and then a little bit what i have seen today i almost feel like jake winning is almost hurting this whole boxing thing because I feel like people, the more he wins, people are just like, just don't care right. anymore as to where, like, if Anderson would have went out and knocked him out or beat him, the rematch would have sold itself, right? And it would have right. got people excited or whatever. But, like, I just feel like people are kind of getting to that point almost where they're just starting to not care because he's good. Right. <laughs> you know, for where he is. I mean, he's not Ashton uh, Slive, is that, yeah. who was in the co-main good. Um, you know, but for where he is being now 5-0, and oh, he's a pretty decent boxer you know mm-hmm. i mean and, and and i'm sorry but i just don't think these mma guys i mean obviously diaz comes from a more boxing background but i don't think he's gonna be big enough i just don't think they they're gonna be good enough for for what no. jake's i mean this guy's been jake's training gonna have now to for, start road he's gonna have to pivot to i'm a boxer now and i gotta get yeah. boxing fans because yeah these teenagers that watch him on youtube are probably getting tired of seeing yeah these and then and boxing fans aren't going to embrace him until he starts getting in a boxing circuit and sure. working his way up a ranking. Well, and he has, he's been training now for like the better part of five, six years. Like, I mean, he's been hardcore at it nonstop mm-hmm. and, and it shows every time he fights. And like I said, I thought last night was definitely the biggest jump he's made and the best that he's looked. And, at the end of it, deserved the win, and I mean, yeah, he just outboxed Anderson Silva. As simple yeah, as that, and it's the best he's looking having to actually, you know, you're not one punch knocking out these guys. He's got a great on. chin too, yeah. man. Anderson landed some big shots on him that he just ate. So didn't Silva beat a boxing champ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Julio Chavez Jr. Yeah, does that, fur- does that further speak to Jake? I like, think so, dude. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's- I, like I said, I, if you go back and watch it, it looked like Anderson was a step behind in speed and reaction. 
Yeah. To where he was still in it, but he wasn't able to land and get away from shots how he used to do. And Jake had to make some adjustments because his right hand wasn't knocking Anderson out, so he had sure. to start really boxing. That's and he had to dig in deep into his bag for that. I feel. I think like. that's the next evolution of Jake Paul is just going to be variety, right? right? Because right now, I'm not saying he's a one trick pony, but you just got to dodge that right hand. You know, right. that's the piston. That's what everybody's afraid of getting hit with now. Did use the left hand a little bit more than usual last night. I felt like, especially as the fight went on, he got a little bit more comfortable to set things up. Mm -hmm. He had some nice combinations in there going to the body a little bit. But I think that's just his next evolution. Is just you know they kind of got him fainting now. I think he just needs to keep using that jab and because one, especially later in the fight, I think that's ultimately what won him is he started using that to keep Silva off of him. Right. You know when they did get closer or up against the ropes and and then eventually it's kind of what set up that right hand was sticking that left out there. Mm -hmm. So credit to. Jake Paul, man, like I said, you can't hate on the guy. I right. mean, he makes the walk every time. He shows up ready. He shows up better. And he's beating. And that's the thing, too. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about it is forget the fact that he's fighting guys that maybe aren't boxers traditionally. He's beating guys that their minds are conditioned for combat. Jake Paul was not a combat athlete. These guys are world champions. Anderson Silva, Tyron Woodley, you know, uh, uh, ben Askren, a multiple Olympian, you know, MMA champion. Yeah, they're they're in MMA, but these guys, the mental game, they understand it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, and this kid just is, keeps doing it against these legends. Yeah, mm -hmm. older, not in boxing, but they understand combat sports and you know the mental aspect of it. So. I think this guy's the limit for me. Yeah. Just keep and going, man. Just see where it can go. I don't think he could beat Canelo Alvarez. I'm not no. saying that, but it's, yeah. it's fun, man. Well, and they did make a bet before the fight that if yeah. Anderson were to win, he would fight Anderson in kickboxing. If Anderson loses, Anderson has to partner with him to make the United Fighter Federation or Association. It's a union. For, to get health care and better pay for people. So now Anderson will probably be the face of the MMA side of that for what Jake's been trying to push for a long time now. Also on that card, you had Uriah Hall beating Le'Veon Bell. Didn't look great. I didn't think so. Um, it didn't even look like he really wanted to be there. Yeah, but it was weird. Then we had Dr. Mike losing. Uh, <laughs> to Chris Alfie. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Mike. Um, I'll just stick on boxing real quick. Vasily Lemonchenko last night getting a unanimous decision over Jermaine Ortiz. Close fight at the beginning. Lomachenko's a slow starter. It's his first fight back in a year since going to the Ukraine for the uh, conflict, I guess mm -hmm. we'll call it. Um, but ended up by the, the last probably five, six rounds, he was just kind of floating and doing whatever he wanted. Um, now it kind of sets up Devin Haney. He came into the ring. That seems like what they want to do next. Very exciting for that. For the, um, Sure. And also to mention, Jermaine Ortiz was a sparring partner for Lomachenko for five weeks to get ready for a previous fight. So he was kind of familiar. So that those first like five right. rounds, it, he had a, a, big, a clear advantage in that. And then Vasily kind of downloaded the stuff. And then also Katie Taylor last night winning, moving her record to 20 two and oh obviously the fight before this she'd beat that amanda serrano and they've been talking about doing a rematch for that because it was such a good fight but i also bring it up because she's the number one pound for pound in espn and in the world to some people and clarissa shields has said that if she's willing to come up a little bit in the weight like 150 ish she'd be willing to box her and that could i mean that's potentially the sure. biggest female boxing fight you can make um moving on we got as you mentioned before, TJ Dillashaw will be out for a year for his shoulder. I saw he said he might even be a year and a half. Yeah, it, it's not looking good for him. I mean, I guess he got his money for the title fight, but sure. this to to be out previously for a couple of years for the suspension, being out for even longer after the um, Sanhagen fight, and then now this, um, who knows what he comes back looking like, or if he does come back, you know, it might just be a thing where he's mm -hmm. not... 
looking for that. Um, speaking of health, we also have Askar Askarov um, asking for his relief release and it being granted. Um, seems like he just really needs to find a way to get healthy. Seems like that's what was happening with him there. Yeah, which is big because Askar was ranked like two or three in the men's flyweight. Right. So, you know, the fact that he's out of the UFC and mm -hmm. which the whole health thing makes a little bit of sense because we've talked about um, it, it with him is um, him pulling out of fights. Right. And, and there's always been undisclosed reasons, you know, so clearly he's dealing in battle. You know, I know he has uh, the thing where he's deaf, deaf yeah. almost completely deaf. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it's something to do with that, but. You know, when I saw him getting cut, I was instantly like, oh, that's interesting. You know, he's a top guy. You know, I thought maybe they would just make him go up and wait mm -hmm. to 35. But him posting that, you know, I got to focus on my health and that's the most important thing. You know, kind of like what we saw with his beat, man. Sometimes yeah. and you mm -hmm. got to respect it. It is what it is. We also have John Bones doubling down on his call out for the Stipe fight. Um, essentially, probably like a, it's probably going to be a tweet every couple of days to try to get Stipe to sign for this. Yeah. We still don't know what the hang up is, but obviously we've all been waiting to see that happen. He wants that December 10th fight in Vegas. So hopefully that goes through. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Raul Rosas Jr., he's got a fight now. Jay yeah. Perrin, that's UFC 282. So that card's building up to be yeah, crazy. Yeah. That's a big one. Another person that we've talked about, Brandon Royval, he's stepping in to face Amir Abilzi, yeah, Abazi at UFC Vegas 66. Man, he, speaking of Askar, he just got so hard done by that, man. Because mm -hmm. that was going to be his big, you know, if he would have won that. Right. I uh, do want to get you guys in uh, how you feel about this. <laughs> DC saying, I don't care how good he is at wrestling in MMA, Islam isn't beating Jer Jordan Burroughs. And I'll tell you guys that all the time. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Um, it's not beating Bo Nickel either. Right. And the last thing is Bellator announcing their five-on-five -five tournament with Ryzen. Um, seeing AJ McKee, Pitbull, Archuleta, Horigachi, they're bringing over some heavy hitters. And um, it's something I definitely think we should talk about later. Yeah, we'll kind of explain that more. Essentially, they're bringing their top their champions over to fight Ryzen's champions. Bellator. Or, yeah, Bellator is fighting Ryzen. Yeah, versus. Yeah, it's a versus. It's the um, first time we've really seen anything like this. It's yeah. happening in Japan. So um, it's going to be a really big really big card for that. And then, I mean, hopefully this opens the door for other things. I don't know if UFC will ever do it, but I think you could see Bellator and PFL and fun, One and some of these other guys. I like it. That's all I got. That's it, John. You're also Song of the Week, man. Let us know. Uh, Sean Paul, give me the light. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I don't know that song. What? I know Sean Paul. I don't Just know. give me the lot. Nope. What? Well, nobody knows the real words, but it's really yeah. Blah, 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 blah. That's, most, that's most of his stuff. Brandon, what's your one for the people? One for the people. Um, just finished. Right, you guys have to read All Quiet on the Western Front when you're in school. Yeah. Yeah. So they Netflix just dropped a movie. Oh really? And they just nice. yeah. It was what's it called? All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I haven't seen Fantastic. it. Fantastic! I'll be watching really that. Great. I love nice. stuff like that. Great cinematography. Um, I watched it in the German with the English subtitles. If you're worried about that, they of course have, you they have English yeah. dub. So I like the German accent over here. <laughs> yeah, just like to get a full picture. But yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Anyway. yeah. I, I put my fatigue. Great, on. great, great. <laughs> Wanted to know what it was like, Brandon. I feel like you're like three years removed from doing like old Civil War reenactments. I don't know about old Civil War, but definitely medieval stuff. I would, He's going to be LARPing? For some Revolutionary oh War? Gosh, I, do, I do Revolutionary War for Fix sure. bayonets. I would love to see Brandon LARP. <laughs> John, what is your one for the people? My one for the people is I'm going to be uh, with the House of Dragons series finale oh, happening last week. Yeah. I'm going to be re-diving in. Me and my, my girlfriend's going to watch it for the first time. So starting tonight, 
where I'm jumping back into Game of Thrones, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, and I, just, I advise other people to do it because it's a great ooh. show. I just rewatched season one this week, so heading starting season season two this week. You would like House of Dragon. I think you should you should give it a shot. I think you would like it. Do I have to have watched? Nope. 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 It's a prequel, and it's and it's more jam packed. It's not as yeah, much I, building. I, it's a. I think it'd be. A lot it might even easier. be a little too fast, but it's still good. Very good. Uh, my one for the people. So I I have a very curious mind. I like learning about, especially sports and mm-hmm. things from different countries that like we don't really even know. Um, so like I found this one sport this week. It's mainly big in the UK, primarily in like Ireland and Scotland. It's the biggest, but it's just called bowl b o w l. It's kind of like bowling meets like shuffleboard where they play with like these really hard balls and like one side of it's flat i'll show you guys some video it it actually like the more i was watching it because i i just like watching and seeing if i can just naturally figure out the rules of something (laughs) i don't know it's just one of my guys call me weird what are you gonna explain it no because it's it's impossible i I, you'd have to just watch it and get the hang of it but i don't know how but somehow in doing this i ended up down a wormhole that led me into the world of sumo wrestling Mm. and i spent my whole week in this wormhole of sumo wrestling. And I am like completely fascinated by that entire, I don't art form, combat sport, everything, but like it is just a lifestyle. It is man. And it's like the crazy thing is like, it's so ingrained in tradition that like, there's no sanction. There's nothing. So like, like injuries are nuts. Like these guys are getting like, Definitely concussed, definitely blowing out ACLs, MCLs, and still competing. Elbows, like, are a big thing, broken elbows. Um, Their life expectancy is 10 years shorter than every Japanese citizen. Probably a lot of it, they think, is due to the diet, which is 10,000 calories a day. They live, like John said, it's you have to live. Like, you start at 16, and you live at these academies. And I feel like I've seen some American people, like, vlogging it, like, that yeah. whole process of getting into a program sure. and having to eat every day. Where- oh, the eating's crazy. Yeah, they, they fast in the mornings, and then uh, so much rice. train. They fast and train in the morning, and then midday, they cook, like, this massive, like, they eat 10,000, like I said, 10,000 calories a day. They cook this massive meal. Then they sit around, drink beer, and sleep all day, and then train at night. And Sounds kind of nice, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be fun, but, like, it's just, it's so crazy. They're superstars. Massive, yeah, the, the top ones, yeah, because yeah. they do, like, a division, mm-hmm. so, you know, obviously, the higher the division you are, the bigger star you are, and then they're all trying to be the Yokozono. It is funny seeing like random American people go over there and try it. Did you see that little Russian guy that went over there? I was going to say, there's like a Georgian guy or something or that's like really, really big over there. But yeah, it's just crazy, man. It's, I don't know why I got so fat and how that, that, that full, that, or that bowl sport led me to that. It's like that. I don't understand. I'll have to send you a video. I actually think it'd be really fun. Second shift will get you. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be really fun. But that's all we got, boys. Heisem Rita is ready for us. Let's are you go. guys ready for Heisem? Yeah, I'm super Always. ready, and I hope you guys are ready on Wednesday. Come back Wednesday. That episode will be in your feed. We're going to be talking to him about his Who's Number One match and a lot more, I can promise you that. But come yeah. back, and if not, make sure you're back next Monday to recap this card. And, oh, it's here, John. Oh, yeah. Izzy time versus Alex Pajeda. We'll get you guys Let's set up go. with all of our picks and predictions. Ooh, 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 we'll see you guys then. Peace. Ooh, 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 